Hello everyone. This is Shunali Shroff and this is Kiran Mandral and, and we, we are, are not your aunties. Hello everybody. Welcome to this episode of Not Your Auntie. This is Shunali Shroff and I'm with Kiran Mandral and we're here to talk about something that's been troubling us, bothering us for a long time and that is called climate emotions. Kiran and I both feel very strongly about what's happening to our planet. The earth is ill, seriously ill. Kiran's and my generation has seen the transition of this planet from a very healthy robust space ecosystem to this tragically ailing being that uh, she is today. I was with my sister recently in Singapore going over some photographs on her phone. There were photographs of otters that had emerged from water bodies in and around Singapore and invaded the streets, the roadways, the passageways of gardens and concretized parts of the city. This is what a few months, at best a year of stasis of human beings getting out of the way of the environment did to wildlife. It was so traumatizing to know that none of those creatures have been spotted again ever since the lockdown was called off in Singapore. And this is very telling. On the back of that now, there is this flood flood situation across the world. Kiran, what are the places? There's Spain, there's, there's India. Spain, there's India. That's it's been happening. It's been happening in America. It's been, I think, much in, in Japan. Japan. And uh, China. Pakistan had terrible floods last year. And it just continues, I think, China as well, as you said. And uh, not just floods. I mean, uh, we've been balancing floods on the planet with wildlife fires. Oh, yes. Do wildfires, you know, do you sorry. Know that since 1970, up until now, uh, 69% of the wildlife from the face of Earth has been wiped out just since 1970 until now. Uh, recently, I think not uh, too long ago, there was a photograph that had come first. Of a polar bear, a really skinny polar bear wandering around in a Siberian village looking for food because there was no ice left and it was an unfamiliar environment for the polar bear. And that photograph really left me thinking as to what are we doing? And then there are all the other issues with the heating of the seas, the coral reefs getting wiped off because of the heating. Whales emerging with plastic in their bellies. Absolutely. And uh, this is the Anthropocene. This is the extinction age that man has created and man is bringing about. And it worries me because it seems sometimes, Shonali, that we are hurtling on a path of no return. We, Kiran, uh, this is not very different from a man. That parable we used to hear of a man sitting on a tree and sawing off the very branch that he's perched on. The funny thing is that uh, there's a concept in Buddhism called oneness of life and environment. And we are deeply interconnected. Even if physically everything was to remain the same, as in animal life was to you know, re reduce to the numbers that it is already where it is, and we were to retain the rest of the planet with the greenery and the trees, even then at core level, something would go off in this very delicately balanced system. But now what we are doing is we are attacking it from every end. To For what purpose? It's our greed. It is just to serve human greed. And we don't realize that we are actually cutting our nose to spider faces. 
So that's where we are at. And the tragedy is that governments, large corporations, <laughs> okay, who should be accountable for this are people who ridicule a Greta Thunberg. Okay. See, she is hyperbolic in whatever she does. I understand that. But you need certain amount of posturing too to just grab attention to get the conversation started. The conversation has been started. It has been going on for a while. But who is paying attention? That's what I'm saying. There are very few people paying attention. I mean, even in, uh, in our day-to-day life, for instance, there's this feeling of helplessness. Honestly, when you yeah. think about it and you think, what can I do as an individual? How can I do anything? This problem is far greater than anything I can do. Every time I take a flight, I have guilt that I'm adding to my carbon footprint. Yeah. Every time I see some plastic that comes with something I've ordered, I have guilt. Even Amazon men with so much of plastic surrounding yeah. it, there's guilt. What do you do at the end of it all? Uh, you can't leave it up to the leaders because obviously they're not paying any attention. You can't say that it is something that's beyond me. Therefore, I won't make any effort. What is the middle path? Kiran, I think I've I've gone down the same path. Uh, recently in Kashmir, I was in Pehelgaon and further down from Pehelgaon in something called Betab Valley, where Betab movie was shot. Shot, I know. Rahul Ravel was talking about And I about saw that. squashed, uh, smashed plastic bottles thrown, littered. And this is Kashmir, which isn't yet the top favorite tourist destination it is on the verge of becoming. Okay, mm, This is even mm. before all the tourists of India has arrived over there. Our ecosystems are being destroyed without a thought. And recently, like you're saying, that you realize that what are the steps that you can take to mitigate this? Frankly, I have really mulled over this and introspected. I avoid receiving things in plastic bags. I avoid getting plastic bottles at home. But I feel that everything that I take, every step that I make is still so insignificant that it depresses me. Hmm. You know, I don't know about the next generation. There are some of them who have awakened to the fact that this is how the planet is suffering, but they haven't seen the transition the way we have. Uh, I grew up in a lot of military cantonments. Greenery is a very intrinsic part of Indian cantonment life. Uh, I've spent some time in living in mountains, exploring so much of our joy, of our daily interactions and the richness of life came from seeing birds, butterflies, exploring forests, identifying the species of ferns and firs and birches. I feel that for begin, you know, the first step that we need to take in this direction is to acquaint our children with what is left of the green cover. Because you can stop using plastic to whatever extent you can, but it's penetrated our life in such invisible ways also that there is no getting away from that. There is. Uh, we could try and reacquaint our children with the forests. and But what is happening to our forests, Shunali? No, no. So I'm saying our generation, I don't, I don't know what can be achieved in our lifetime. But if a genuine love for nature is created in children, these are the children who will make policy level decisions when they become adults. The children are aware. They're quite aware. And they're worried. And it worries me that... My children aren't worried. I'm sorry to say it's upsets me. I actually, no, no, no. So, uh, okay, I've done this reading of uh, Amitav Ghosh's The Great Derangement. And he tells us now because of climate change, you know, there's going to be 40% more chances of uh, cyclones hitting the Arabian Sea and they're going to lessen in the Indian Ocean. And Cyclone Nisarg was on its way. It was a few hundred kilometers off Bay. Yeah. I 
for one thing, you have these floor to ceiling windows, glass windows. Right. I was imagining, yeah, I was imagining them coming as missiles and you know beheading all of us individually. Then you know being drowned and not being able to sw to swim yeah. out of the parking, all of that. It's not inconceivable for that to happen. Yeah. Of Spent all night uh, taping up the windows with my son. Oh yes, I did the same thing. Now I recall. Lockdown so, time. Lockdown time. We were taping each and every window, fasting everything while my husband slept unconcerned. Like whatever has to happen will happen. So at that point, I realized that my son was like, okay, why is this happening? It has never happened here before that we've had a cyclone. I said, this, this, this is why it's happening. And then I explained to him that whatever, you know, heating, climate change, whatever, ice caps melting, all this. Hmm. So I don't know if he's worried enough to lose sleep over it like I do, yeah. hmm. like we do, but he is concerned. And yeah. he, I think that's a good first step to be. I, it is. I also think that urban children who are living in big cities uh, are a little estranged from nature, uh, which is why I propose that take them for animal safaris or whatever. But on the other hand, look at this. I know a lot of my friends who've recently been on, on a cruise to, uh, to Antarctica. Do you know how damaging that is for the planet? The few ships that sail, before that the choppers and the aircraft that service the closest port, we don't need to see everything. Leave certain remote places untouched. And much as I travel, and you know I do travel writing, and of course, by extension of that, I love clicking photographs and I share those on Instagram. So Kiran, I was recently uh, reading that a bunch of people travel to um, McLeod Gunge. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of Instagrammers apparently uh, love promoting uh, Dharamshala because it's a popular destination. It gets them more eyeballs or whatever. And uh, they littered the place. The garbage dumps were overflowing like they've never overflown before. And it suddenly occurred to me, where all do we need to start taking a step back from? <laughs> I, you know, the thing is, David Attenborough in A Life on a Planet, I'll come to that later. You were meant to go to Manali, weren't you? Yes, and there, but for, but for the grace of God, here we are planning a trip to Kovalam. It's really, really terrible as to what has happened up north. I mean, the visuals are horrifying. I don't know what the final stats will be in terms of... It looks of, like a bad special effects film. Yeah, it yeah. looks like something like Apocalypse Now is happening and raining. And, but what do you blame? construction and highly seismic zone what uh, the deforestation what what uh, you blame the local and the central governments we are not blaming this government we are saying across the world hmm. you know the only way what does carbon dioxide emission do to the planet it traps heat and the heat is uh, it traps heat and the trapped heat warms up our oceans, mm. that causes condensation, that causes typhoons, hurricanes, storms, rains, so on and so forth. Do you know that Ladakh, which is a cold desert, yes. got 10,000% of its normal rain just on two days, July 8 and 9th? This month. This month. And that is an indication of how severe it has been up there. And that kind of a rainfall on a cold desert the trickle-down effect. I think that's what we're seeing now. There was another thing that I saw, Shanali. Um, I don't know if you've seen it. The Arctic ice cap is melting. Yeah. And uh, I read an article which said that China was looking at exploring the Arctic as a direct sea route for freight. 
The concern was not that the ice cap is melting, but how we can exploit it. Of course. For transport and for commerce. That is capitalism for you. Do you know that the whales uh, along Sri Lanka, along the coast of Sri Lanka, you see a lot of humpback whales. Gorgeous humpback whales. And there's a whole cruise that takes you into the sea. And you see sometimes, I, I've done that two years ago, you spot dolphins. Mm. And these whales come and sometimes you can... The guy, the, the tour guy will record their songs, their melancholic songs. They sing and they coach, teach songs to each other. And he played a recording of that. It was soul stirring. Okay. You, reali you realize how much more important and how much more life there is in this beautiful, noble, gigantic creature. Now that falls along the route of uh, the vessels that carry oil, the freight vessels. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, there is a proposal to change the route a bit by a few nautical miles so that these uh, the habitats and these whales don't, a lot of them die in uh, accidents, in oh. collisions. You know that a whole lot of uh, people whose uh, sustenance and large businesses depend on the proximity of, you know, uh, for countries, Sri Lanka, for example, is afraid that if they move it further away from the track, then a lot of ships will fail to refuse to dock in Sri Lanka. Oh, okay. Okay. So it's economics. It is. It affects, impacts poor countries also. So the ask is not unfair, but in the larger scheme of things, of course, it is unfair. Singapore has agreed to push it back. Okay. Mm -hmm. Ultimately, you know that there are lobbies at work. Somebody will pay the right guy somewhere, and it will be. Forgotten. So China will go there. Somebody will go somewhere else to find fossil fuel. And fossil fuel, by the way, funds the world's politics. That's where the bulk of the money to bankroll, to provide political parties to campaign comes from. Indirectly, it's oil money. It's oil money and it's oil money that's causing most of the resistance to all the talk on climate change. There are people who actually think that it is a conspiracy theory. Yeah, the sun is going cooler apparently, mm -hmm. and this is just a conspiracy theory. Do you know that the carbon dioxide emissions? This is an interesting statistic. In the past thirty years, humans have added as much carbon dioxide to the atmosphere as they did in the previous thirty thousand. Just consider Th that thirty thousand years. Thirty thousand years. But you know, Shunali, when I was a kid, we I grew up in Bombay, and Bombay is a coastal city. Till I was around three or four years, we didn't have a fan in the house. Yeah. And we didn't need a fan in the house. Can you imagine living without a fan in the house? Bombay now in Bombay didn't either because I've heard from my grandparents that Dehradun didn't need fans. But Dehradun needs ACs now. Yeah. And Bombay, too, you can't survive without oh, so ACs. it was that cool here? It was cool. We had lovely sea breeze. I don't recall ever feeling that hot that I needed a fan or that I asked, why don't we have a fan? It wasn't even required. But is it now, interesting that in the 90s when you and I first met around the time if you reflect on this on those days we didn't even know there was a, such a thing as climate crisis no we yeah? didn't know we di were not aware it wasn't on the agenda it wasn't mentioned but see David Attenborough in his film uh, Life on a Planet mm -hmm. you know I watched it uh, during the lockdown and I had to tune out of it I couldn't really if you think that what's happening on the planet right now is plunging you into 
a sea of sadness along with the melted ice caps in the same <laughs> sea in the same ocean my god though that man ends it on a very positive note he says there's still hope but he speaks about the chernobyl disaster in ukraine mm. and he walks through chernobyl mm. which is the ghost town even today and he talks about what it did to that area he says the far reaching impacts of that human error were felt across europe but that was a single incident he said think about the daily chernobyl which is going on which is a man made uh disaster catastrophe that is happening because of carbon dioxide emissions that is happening because of deforestation uh that is happening because of extreme non vegetarianism and also extreme veganism i mean he doesn't talk about this but i'm bringing that in and we'll discuss mm. that later Mm-hmm. he said you have no idea what is happening to the planet so even when he in by 1977 78 enough damage had been done to the planet chimpanzees were hurtling towards extinction there were about 300 left in all of africa mm-hmm. and i think that watching that documentary you want to weep you want to say you want to apologize to all these creatures and say sorry i took away your home sorry i hurt you sorry i i i i took away your livelihood in dehradun they pay 500 rupees to every man who will trap a monkey and bring it to because they cleared out a forest now the same monkeys uh, run amok in people's plots so basically in masuri there was a menace monkey menace monkeys were snatching and bothering tourists so mm-hmm. the uh, corporator there said that you get 500 rupees if you trap a monkey and leave it in the rajaji forest of dehradun the forest is shrinking so they were left there and the monkeys have all invaded our homes so mm-hmm. my mother often tells me a monkey opened the door walked in opened the fridge okay and i'm not even angry at the monkey a monkey bit my mother she had to take rabies injections oh, anti rabies but i'm saying we can't get married these creatures we have encroached upon their environment the same happening here in bombay itself with the sanjay gandhi national park every time you see an incident of a leopard in one of those colonies the leopard being chased the leopard being hunted the leopard uh you know like terrified the leopard itself is terrified as to what is happening it's looking but where does the leopard go the forest is shrinking we even waited the forest the one patch of green that we have we already constructing there the metro shed is going to come there Where do these animals go? We brought them to a space where they have no home. Not just here, not just in India, not just in Bombay, not just everywhere in our forests. Everywhere on the planet, the Amazonian forests—they're burning them down yeah. to make them cultivatable lands. The forest fires were so bad they could be seen in space. Yeah, and the pollution was so bad it affected countries across the equator. It wasn't something that was limited to them. So, I mean, the fact. we forget that you know what you do here is going to have a butterfly effect everywhere yeah of course but kiran are you and i the only ones feeling this sadness what about people who are actually in a position to make a difference and i think the general feeling is something needs to be done but who will do it so what is happening these cop 2 and glasgow meetings and <laughs> they're flying down in jets and they're doing all of those you know <laughs> hand wringing about the climate i want to know they're doing all the hand wringing but what action is actually happening we were supposed to cut down temperature rise by 2% we're going to be 2% 1.5% the debates are going on what is happening at the end of the day the temperature does not care you it know, is rising on its own and no steps are happening corporations need to step in 
and I actually did a Google search to see what corporations are taking active interest Mm -hmm. in becoming carbon neutral. Mm -hmm. So here's how it goes. You'll be stunned. The top three, one is Apple. The other is Google. The third is Amazon. Ha ha. By 1940, they aim, they aspire to become carbon neutral. Think of, and yes, it's made our life easy in so many ways uh, because of home delivery options for the smallest of things that we order. But think about the packaging. Think of what they do to sustainability. Think of uh, the, the, the carbon footprint that freight of flying up and down these things creates. And by, 1940, uh, by 2040, they intend to become carbon neutral. And here in India, the companies that are actively working towards this, and if you hear the names, it is believable, uh, Infosys and Tata Group. I would expect that of both yeah. those groups. But they also added uh, Reliance and Adani to the list. And so hopefully, you know, these are large companies. And I mean... Well, let's hope they set the path and they lead the path for the others to follow. So there was actually a study by Yale which said that 10% of their respondents reported feeling nervous, anxious or on edge about global warming at least several days of a week. I know where I fit in. 9% said they were unable to control or stop worrying about global warming. 7% said they had diminished interest or pleasure in doing things because of global warming. And 27% say they avoid thinking about global warming. That's me. So, 27% don't think about global warming? No, no, no. I'll tell you what or that climate means. climate change? No, I, 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 will, I, I think I can speak for myself here. Hmm. Uh, this is an email from a Margaret Clean Salomon. I joined this group. They do climate change therapy online mm-hmm. for people who are suffering from climate emotions. Okay. And... Uh, there are there's a there's a whole branch of psychology emerging called climate change therapy for mm. people who are affected by constantly worrying about this planet, which is a living being as we know. Mm. So definitely, there are enough people who are troubled by it. There are enough people who are feeling helpless. Unfortunately, the people who are feeling helpless and troubled by it are not people who can take large decisions. There's got to be a way to hold governments accountable. We need to come to that. But even human beings, for example, the vegan veganism is on the rise. Mm. And, you know, go for it. Uh, I'm all for people who don't want to hurt animal king- the animal kingdom. But do you know the price of flying avocados and quinoa up and down? Do you know that almond uh, milk, uh, which uh, uh, the bulk of those almonds from where almond milk is produced are grown in California. And I did this research about a year ago. Uh, almond leaches a lot of water from the soil. Hmm. And now almond milk is being grown. Uh, almonds are being grown to create cartons and gallons and gallons of almond milk to be exported around the world. The 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 imbalance and the, the, bore, the, the water that has been drawn from the earth has tilted its axis a bit. And similarly, and as as harmful as, you know, you think you're doing a good thing by being a vegan, but take into account then to look for sustainable, locally grown options, whether it's your food, milk, beverage, whatever it is. Uh, similarly, uh, mass scale farming for meat. Absolutely. Look right? at the numbers of uh, and what it takes to produce that meat. And plus what it does to the environment. And the grazing pastures. And they have to clear out forests to create grazing pastures for these. So... You know what? Here's the thing. Uh, 
climate change isn't only about the environment it's also about morals and ethics and our lifestyle and the sooner we realize that hmm. it is my moral obligation hmm. and those people who block climate change out of their mind are perhaps doing it like i do because it bothers me so much that i have to just so one day 4 5 months ago my mom is counseling me on the phone and she's saying that acceptance and change is the secret sauce to happiness okay mm-hmm. she was explaining to me because i was lamenting about what's happening to the planet i must have been talking about this rivers dried up or something and she said that beta this has been going on since thousands of years whether it is man made or it has happened because you know a meteorite struck the planet 65 million years ago she said do what you can do take your own steps but losing sleep over it is reacting from a place of emotion and not from a place of something that can make a difference just accept it do what you can and put it out of your mind it is what it is and that is the day i started blocking the pain out of my heart to whatever extent i could possibly mm-hmm. do it so we deal with it in two ways either there is futility or there is the sense that we can take some amount of action no matter how small it is at our own individual level and maybe it will make a difference maybe it will not but we've done our bit but what what is our bit composting have we decided we won't take flights again have mm. we decided we'll never touch an avocado again this is what i'm struggling with that kiran i really am do i no stop living because i alone i'm not being able to do much alone we can't and okay don't waste water don't drink from plastic bottles i understand that it's all easier said than done when you talk about carpooling in a city uh, when you talk about taking uh, you know not uh, taking your car out and taking public transport how do you get on those trains also they say don't order online but if i go to zara in my car is that worse is that a trade off no it isn't no i don't know or yeah. is is home delivery i don't know which is worse i mean there's packaging and there's also some i don't know mm. So I think this is where I'm feeling like I'm sinking. Mm-hmm. We're all grappling with these questions, and we all have no clear answers. And But who all... will give us the answer? <laughs> What is the way forward? How do we go? You know, in Japan, by the way, they've done a lovely thing. In Japan, there are no trash cans to be found, mm-hmm. and you actually walk around with your garbage in a little purse. A because of the manpower issue certainly, but that is a country that really respects the environment. We know that, and they okay. have lovely civic sense. They have lovely civic sense. We could all learn from. So it's amazing that we have overflowing garbage dumps. These people, I guess, must be recycling plastic at home, and a lot of their water is sold in glass bottles. A lot of things. The new thing that is being done, America has initiated it, and I saw it in Japan last month. water drinking water is being sold in metallic bottles mm-hmm. uh, re- recyclable they are aluminum bottles not steel because that will have a cost to it my husband goes to harvard every year because he is doing a some 7 8 year long harvard program he told me that this is the worst idea ever because the car- the the carbon emissions uh, that an aluminum plant produces offsets whatever good it is intending to do So I'm saying that this is a a vicious loop. It's like the it's elect- like a dog catching its tail. <laughs> it's also the whole electric car thing. I mean, we have electric cars, and everyone's uh, this whole move to get into the electric car yeah, zone. The lithium batteries, the, yeah, lithium batteries. But how is electricity being produced by coal plants? 
so at the yeah, end of I the day yeah but i think there must be that now wherever renewable uh, a lot of companies are actively working toward renewable energy so then it will make sense in the future right now i think we're still a long way off and we still have to get there and i think like i said to my sister listen i'm ready for the planet to perish it's fine <laughs> no it's I, fine no i, I really feel so i think whenever i feel sad i feel one of these days maybe in my lifetime maybe maybe in the next one and i've already asked my kids please don't have children because i want to ask you this question if things were in this crisis situation with the environment as they are today would you have decided to have a child hmm that's a tough one if you were getting married today i don't think i would because i don't see very clearly where we are headed in the next 20 years they're saying 2040 but i think crisis point will tipping point will come much earlier and i'm worried very honestly and i'm sure you are too and we all are for what our kids are going to face when we are not around whether it's going to be habitable whether it's going to be like mad max fury the entire landscape whether it's going to be water world or whether it's going to be the road i i don't know what kind of a world we're headed towards i like to be optimistic and believe something great will happen i wanted to read out the stats of countries that are contributing the most to emissions by the way i mean we can all guess this easily but uh, america is 24.5% china 14% there's a 10% then difference. is russia then germany india uh, stands at 3.2% after japan canada is the least 2% so i think that if america alone china i don't think i have any expectation from but if america could stop playing big daddy with everything else and start taking action themselves to reduce their emissions that would be a very very big thing to offset the damage that has happened we can all hope we, yeah. or we can look at that statue in venice was it of all the politicians Yes, Denmark Square. That's Denmark. Denmark, I think it was Denmark. Denmark. Yeah, I yeah. think so. Talking heads. It's Talking called. heads. Yeah, I think that's where we are. Yeah, I think that you know there are two issues to do with the climate change that affect us and that you and I are discussing. One is guilt. One is uh, uh, an anxiety about survival. Hmm. And uh, I think for both of them, there is now proper counselling available. So I think you and I need to enrol in that one. Absolutely, I'm signing up. Just tell me where and when and how I need that because uh, some nights I get up in cold sweat, thinking that you know maybe the windows are broken down and the cyclone is right here, and then I get I actually get dreams about the Antarctic shelf breaking off, the Thwaites Glacier, and all the sea levels rising, and I think to myself, why am I doom scrolling so much? I need to stop doom scrolling. No, I'm not doing that unless it stares me in the face, uh, as it is now with the, the floods, floods and visuals that we are seeing. You know, I lost a friend in the Kedarnath floods. Oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. And I, a day before he died, just a day before he died, he was with my mother and me and my children uh, in Kanhatal. So when tragedy hits close to home, uh, is when you realize that every life matters and. every every thought in the right direction can somehow stop this ticking time bomb from going off provided it is done systematically systemically and provided everyone is invested in it it's not something that is not your problem not my problem 
it is our problem and i think it's high time we woke up to this and realized that um it's not far away it's in the next 10 15 years but what are these people thinking when policy makers are watching the news and they are planning another flyover okay <laughs> in the hills and the mountains and another tunnel to get more traffic into a certain destination what are they thinking short term no sure. but don't then this is not even short term now i mean what is it next monsoon again something will happen i heard that all the the, the they made flyovers to go to amarnath amarnath yatra right in in uh, kashmir Jam, right Jammu. so sonmarg has been trashed because all this development has happened over there for the padyatris to go aage all of this is affecting the environment so i'm just thinking what is it's not even short term now mm, it's not even short term it's immediate it's some climate karma you know <laughs> you get slapped back the equal and opposite reaction in that instant but are we going to learn a lesson from being slapped back by mother earth let's uh, just find another planet there's no planet b shunali i know there's no planet b you know kiran i feel that if we want to save this planet we should really find another planet and ship everybody to that one <laughs> you know shunali though musk is trying his hardest there is no planet b i know that is the sad truth And with that this is a wrap on this episode of Not Your Auntie this is Kiran Manral and this is Shunali Kullar Shroff write into us uh, tell us what you liked and what you didn't like i'm at kiran manral on all social media i'm shunali kullar shroff on instagram and shunali shroff on twitter see you next week ciao